Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. Zero season two, episode 15 starts right now. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Brandon Davis, joined today by Jenna Anderson. Hey, everybody. I'm very happy to be here. We're happy to have you. Jamie Girac is here. Good morning. Hey, good morning. Good morning. Aaron Perrine is here. What's going on, guys? We got a big episode coming today. And I also yeah. got a hat like Thor. <laughs> you came prepared. Oh my God. Toast at phase zero. I talked all that trash about Aaron in basketball. And then I met Aaron at Hawkeye in person for the first time. And I was like, oh, maybe not. <laughs> Uh, we have a chunky boy today. We got a good show. Uh, we're going to talk about Moon Knight episode four. Those spoilers are going to come at the end of the show. So if you're watching us live and you want to hear the MCU news, you could come back for that at your earliest convenience. But it's going to be amazing. So you should come back. We might even have somebody crash the studio here. You know who. Uh, I want to thank everybody. What's that? Uh, we were just being sneaky. Also, I do have to say, shout out to Shelby Don't in the who this is their first show. They seem very happy to be here. So we always yeah, love welcome. Hey, awesome. We love new faces. Uh, welcome to the program. I want to thank everybody for uh, streaming our Russell Bobbitt interview, the Marvel Props Master, who was an absolute delight to speak with. That is one of our most viewed videos on the Phase Zero YouTube channel. Now it's actually in second place. But it had, the other video has like a two-week head start, so maybe it's going to become number one for a while. Uh, so thank you for that. I, was, I really enjoyed that interview. I hope you guys enjoyed listening to it. Uh, and without further ado, we've been putting this off. We thought about doing a bonus episode. But we were like, let's save it for Wednesday. Let's let it marinate, cook all the way through, get our thoughts together, and talk about the Thor Love and Thunder teaser trailer. We're going to break it down, Easter eggs and all that stuff. Uh, but first... I want to go around, get everybody's reactions. You know the drill. Aaron, you're at the top of the screen. What did you think? Well, I, I woke up and being on West Coast time was not seeing like I, I was like, what's going on? I was just looking for something to watch like in bed before like getting up in earnest. And then I looked up and I'm like, wow, they just they just dropped it. They put it out. They didn't even try to get too, too cute on Twitter. They're like, here you go. Like as the social media person's like, haha, here's your content, please. Like, <laughs> was very funny. Um, the total content in the trailer, though, I really am digging the tone. Like, we're between this and Peacemaker. If you have a van that's airbrushed on the side, you are living a dream. <laughs> these last couple of months, you know. Um, uh, the music choice is really the needle drop is really dope. We get a little bit of you know. Uh, new Asgard, we get a little bit of like the Olympian, like Pantheon, just a little bit of Russell Crowe's back, just a just a <laughs> smidge. We've had two straight trailers or no, was it? Yeah, I well, the movies, two straight movie trailers where we just get someone's back. And I hope that this this continues. We're just going to keep getting people, <laughs> famous people's backs for in the rest of Infinity. But I'm I'm stoked. There's obviously a lot they're holding back. Um but I am excited. Mission accomplished. Yeah. <laughs> Jenna, what do you think? I, I was in a similar-ish boat to Aaron on Central Time. I was already awake, but I like pratfalled into the living room just to tell my boyfriend, just be like, the trailer's out. Oh my God. And this is exactly what I wanted it to be. Nothing more, nothing less. I, I know I had said on previous episodes of the show, if they had just done a music video, I would have been content because you really just need to sell this movie on vibes. I don't need to know a whole lot about the plot. And I think this trailer 
got how to show vibes without having to really give away a lot of the plot. I think that the aesthetics of this movie are insane. I love that Taika and the team of this movie are literally creating panels from comics almost exactly down to the shape of the rocks in certain panels. Like that is just so cool. The the way that we get Jane Thor is so perfect. It feels representative of how she was first introduced in the comics, where if you know, then that is a huge reveal. And if not, it is just so cool. I, I cried. I was so happy. This is exactly what I wanted this trailer to be. I love it. Uh, Jamie, I'm yeah. very excited to hear Jamie's thoughts. Uh, well, uh, I also am on the West Coast and Monday's my Saturday. So I rolled up at <laughs> noon. Uh, and I was like, hmm, ah, good morning world. <laughs> and I was just, I was not ready to be greeted with such intensity and God, it got, it just, you know, Taika meets eighties. It's just, you could not ask for more fun. It's just like wild. I mean, when Valkyrie popped up in that suit, the noise that came out <laughs> of my mouth was insane. Uh, I know um, my, my best friend Jake is like, she wasn't in the trailer enough. She's not going to be in the movie enough. And I'm like, ah, don't worry. We're going to get her. I'm not worried. Um, and then, of course, Mighty Thor, Jane at the end. I mean, are you freaking kidding me? I, I love that um, a tweet went viral where Natalie Portman 20 years ago was talking about how bummed she was that she didn't get to wield a lightsaber. And oh, so seeing her with the hammer is just like, oh, it's just so gratifying. Um, and just the colors that I have like written articles about why I think Thor Ragnarok is the most bisexual movie ever made. But I think uh, Thor Love and Thunder might uh, might become the new champion. <laughs> so if I take it. Like, uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I really liked these. The first time I watched it, I was like, that didn't really give us too much. But then I looked at it again and I realized it's 129. It's a teaser trailer. And when I looked at it from that perspective, I was like, this was perfect. Like the music is great. The subtle reveals are great. The reveals that aren't really reveals are great. Like where it tells you, you know, Zeus is there, but you haven't seen him yet. I was like, that was really cool. We got a dead God straight out of the comics. And so we know Gore is going to be doing some butchering. I really liked it. Um, and I, I just, I don't know how you could have made that better. I mean, you would have just, I guess, had to reveal more stuff. And I'm glad they didn't now that I th thought more about it. So I really liked the trailer. Um, I thought it, the opening was cool. The montage of him growing up. We got the classic Thor costume from comics. I think we saw the Avengers 1 Thor costume in one of those. Mm -hmm. And I think the new costume looks great. I think it looks so much better on screen than it does as a toy. Yes. Personally. Do we think Zeus, that shot of Zeus is just like moments before disaster? Oh, he is not. He's not going to stay in this movie for very long. Like there's a target on his back, even if it is like five seconds after that <laughs> scene in the trailer. I just have to say, by the way, like the aesthetic of Olympus is perfect. Like that is just so cool. This like MC Escher kind of design for it. I am so excited to see how much of the movie we spend there because it just looks so visually interesting. Jenna, I, I thought the same thing. I'm like, what if MC Escher designed a cheesecake factory? <laughs> <laughs> like that's what it looks like like all these columns and other things like ostentatious elements and i'm like i hope we're not here for very short but i think we are going to be there but he's totally primed for one of those like uh well-timed screams on twitter <laughs> like perfectly timed when he gets cut like by gore it's it's, it's happening it's waiting in the wings um jamie <laughs> <laughs> What do you think of Zeus? Do you think he's oh, I was like, like, yeah, there's what's what are you talking about? Um, I'm I'm just intrigued. Uh, I I'm like just Russell Crowe. I I think I really hope he hams it up. Um, and that's but I but I don't know. I need to see his face. I, I it took me a minute to realize what they were even showing me. Uh, but I'm ready. I'm there. I'm digging it. Sorry that I I was watching the trailer. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and I zoomed out and I stopped listening. I'm so sorry. Okay. <laughs> out a little bit. That's okay. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy are in the trailer. That is pretty exciting. I'm a big fan of the Guardians myself. Uh, I'm assuming they are. They did something together. It was some sort of short post end game mission, and then they're jetting off to find their Gamora. Right, like the 2014 Gamora, who was still alive at the end of Endgame, but went missing. I'm guessing that's where they're going. Uh, maybe not. Maybe there's something more to their trip, but I don't know. 
why they would stick around. That seemed like the plan. Uh, Craglin is in the trailer. He's got the full fin. He's all ravagered up and he's got the full fin on his head. R.I.P. Yondu. Mm, so sad. Mm. Um, and I'm just going to pose a question here and let y'all run with it. Is, is, did this give us a bisexual Thor? Is it, is it, is it alluding to that? Oh, I saw some eyes get wide. <laughs> I'll be honest. Uh, you know, I, when I didn't think that immediately when I watched it, but also I think everyone's by in my brain, like my TV watching brain. I'm like, yeah, they're doing it. They're doing it. Uh, uh, and but I, God, are you kidding me? I would love that. I, I would be surprised only because of Loki. Uh, and I, let's, uh, you know, if they were, if they were biological brothers, it would make a lot of sense, but it's like, what a crazy coincidence that these adopted brothers are both bisexual. Um, uh, that I would love to see. Uh, I think I'm sure that's more common than, than you think it is. Uh, and I, and I hope it happens, but I would, I'd be surprised. I don't think we're going to get it like outright in canon, but I think it's one of those things of like Thor has been around for long enough that it, it can easily be inferred. Like he has, he has been around the the cosmos enough to, to where that wouldn't be surprising to me. I just love the way that that scene like is plays out. It is just so genuinely funny. And then when you take into account the fact that Star-Lord is canonically bisexual in the comics, that also is kind of cool too. Cause we just get this nice bi energy out of that scene that I was not prepared for at all. I was expecting all of the bi content to come from like Valkyrie's corner of the movie. So having Thor be included in that too, I was just like, yes, this is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's a shot in the trailer where you see Thor and Korg and there's a lot of empty space next yes. to Thor. So it's implied that they're watching the Guardians of the Galaxy fly away. That's the, what the cut of the trailer would have you believe. And I think that actually might be accurate. But it seems they may have edited somebody out of that. So I'm sitting here like, are Rocket and Groot staying in this movie? Is Beta Ray Bill edited out of that shot? Do you guys know the shot I'm talking about? Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I, it's the perfect thing. I've seen so many memes of just people photoshopping different other people who have nothing to do with the movie in there. Because it's just like, at this point, anyone could be photoshopped in and out. I, I've seen theories about Hercules, which given Zeus would, would, be, like, would not be that surprising. I would be very curious to see how, if we get a Hercules, how he's introduced in this movie. If it is a thing of like, oh, my dad died and now I'm going to rise up. Or if he's just already there to begin with. I could see Beta Ray Bill because that also is a character you don't want to like, you don't want to show that in the first trailer. You don't also want to show the design out of nowhere. That is a surprise that could really land in the theater. I've also seen people say, because when the guardian ship goes away, there's a little like um, little light of energy and people are like, is Captain Marvel in this movie? Like is Carol Danvers just standing there with them? And then she like says her goodbyes and then also leaves because at this point you have, Valkyrie, you have Thor, you have you have Jane, all of these different elements, just throw Carol in there too. Just make it this like really fun cosmos party. Like at this point, I feel like anything's possible. What a way for Marvel to tell us that Paddington is in Love <laughs> and Thunder. <laughs> you know, um, it literally could be anybody. I like the Vader Ray Bill stuff because a lot of people think that that's a car that they're standing on, um, which I don't know. Like it's rocks, but it could would be awesome. I'm down for it. You know, um, I think a lot of like. I think that we might be like out like it's fun to get out there over our skis on this stuff. But like I'm like, what if it's just Ruffalo again? Like what if it's just <laughs> they just get the band back together? We all love Ragnarok so much. It's like, it clearly works. All Hulk was on Earth, right? Yeah. Yeah. But I, time travel stuff for Cap, helping him with that. Never know. Yeah, I mean, yeah. what if, hear me out, what if for once uh, all of our heroes don't just stand in a straight line and there's just a little bit of extra space? <laughs> <laughs> That's my theory. You're going to hear first. That's a rock of googly eyes. There was a uh, something in the trailer that people started saying is a continuity mistake that um, Thor's eyes are both blue as you remember he lost one eye Rocket gave him uh, an eye that he stole from someone else and it was not blue I think it was brown right uh, or like orangey brown and now in the trailer both of Thor's eyes are blue I think either they just said screw it he once had blonde eyebrows now we can just make both his eyes blue <laughs> uh, or it could be like 
an edit that hasn't been done yet because I remember at D23 in San Diego Comic-Con before Thor Ragnarok came out, they showed Infinity War footage. And it was the footage where Thor is floating through space and he crashes onto the Guardian's windshield and like they meet and all this stuff. And in all of that footage that they showed us, he had two eyes and no eye patch. And then when the movie came out, he had the eye patch on the exact same footage. So I'm guessing they might just do some CGI work if they want to change his eyes. But uh, I don't know. I don't know what that, what that is, but it is interesting to think about. And I, th- I don't think this is party Thor, but I am curious if this is going to take any uh, like cues from that what if episode, because the costume looks similar enough. He looks like he's kind of partying on the goat boat which is a great pop figure, by the way. Uh, and um, yeah, I, but I don't think it's party Thor, but I do think there might be some similarities, which only got furthered when you guys pointed out that Captain Marvel could have been there. Mm-hmm. I will say about the two eyes, I, I hope that it is just a thing that they narratively explain of like, oh, something happened and now you have two eyes that are the same color because otherwise I feel so bad in advance for the VFX team that has to go through every single frame of this movie and change his eye to a different color. Like an eye patch is one thing, but like having it be this like separately colored eye would just be such a logistical nightmare that almost wouldn't be worth it. So I feel like there's a way to hand wave that and then just move on. Yeah, I mean, I, I got a new fake guy. Yeah, it's really easy. Look, new, they match now. I got a contact. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. They could do that. That's true. <laughs> but I'm, I, I'm, I noticed that too, though. So, like, if I'm noticing, then uh, yeah, we gotta explain this. <laughs> <laughs> I love VD's joke about the Sonic Two team. I do not want to see the Thor from that original Sonic universe where he looked all weird. I'm not. I'm not about it. Not about <laughs> it. Thor with Sonic teeth. Henry Cavill's mustache just shows up. <laughs> oh God, that thing is wandering out there somewhere still in the cosmos. Yep. Uh, <laughs> last thing we got to talk about is the fact that we got Jane Foster as Thor. The mighty Thor showed up at the end of the trailer. Awesome moment. Uh, who wants to explain the comics? How Jane becomes Thor? I can if you want me to, but I feel like we have some pretty big Jane Foster fans here. I can kind of give the cliff notes. Yeah. So um, in, in the comics originally, it was just kind of teased. Like there's a female Thor. You might not necessarily know who it is. They they kind of wanted to play with a little guessing game of it. And it was eventually revealed that it was Jane Foster. Um, She had, she had come down with cancer. And as she was kind of dealing with cancer, Mjolnir found her and gave her the power of Thor and that kind of helped her. And so it was this dichotomy of, you are acting as Thor and you are able to go and save people. And then as a civilian, you are going through this like very traumatic thing. And so that has been a huge question with this movie of people are like, are they going to do the cancer storyline? Are they just going to explain it some way else? Because we haven't really seen Jane properly since, since dark world. Like we've seen the little, um, Bexies and, and so it is thing of could just say that she came down with cancer in the time since then they could justify it some other way, but nobody knows at this point. I hope they follow the comment. Me too. I see some people thinking maybe it's a variant or something, but I hope they follow no. the comment. Oof. No. No. Yeah. I mean. So we got one pro-cancer, one anti-cancer. <laughs> <laughs> Let me break the tie for you. Where are you at? Where are you at? Yeah. Uh, you, uh, uh, honestly, as long as it's done uh, with grace and and yes. uh, it's hard to yeah. imagine a storyline like that in a, in a Taika uh movie like this uh because like you know you, it's it's a delicate subject but i'm sure however they if they do it it'll be it'll be handled just fine yeah i, I trust taika to like trust or to to have a storyline like that that has an emotional significance and to mm-hmm. do it correctly like he he can balance tones so well and like knowing how much he kept going back to that source material while he was making ragnarok and was like can we do elements of this it's like i have that they're going to find a way to do it, right? Because I think it can be inspirational to, to people who have cancer if they're able to do it, it to do it in the way that the comics originally did it. There would yeah. be... There, go, go ahead, BD. Uh, I was just going to say that I, I think about the first scene from the first Guardians and how emotional yeah. that was. And I mean, also, like, I'm, I'm sure everybody can relate to this in some way, but I've watched my mom fight breast cancer and I know, like, how hard and emotional that is on people. And... Uh, it would have to be done with grace. You're right to to tackle that correctly, but there is like an emotional punch that can come with that. So I don't know. I don't know. Mm-hmm. 
Aaron, sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, like, also, she's been hit with a ton, ton of radiation from the ether in Thor 2. That would give them a way to sort of uh, explain it within universe, like without it just kind of coming out of nowhere. Because we never really, even though we made that nice little detour back to it in Endgame, it's like, uh, yeah, she still had that like inside of her. Like magic is magic, but also she's back here. So I, I don't know. It would be interesting. As long as it's not a variant, I'm great. Yeah. As long as we get the back behind the scenes footage of like Natalie Portman, like, you know, actually doing that chain workout to get them guns. We're, we're, we're good. Man, those arms. I know. Natalie. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Pretty <laughs> 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 jacked. Huge props to Natalie Portman. So as impressed. I, know, I have tons of respect for every actor who puts in that work to get the superhero physique. I don't think it's like required but i do think it's major bonus points when you do and it this is a moment where it paid off she looked great mm-hmm. look badass now the woman could just lift that hammer without without being worthy <laughs> she's just that strong true yeah. it's true that's, that's the power she has yeah russell russell come back on the show and let us know <laughs> russell come back on the show and let us know what happened <laughs> Uh, the only thing about this trailer that I still have left to talk about was during the workout montage with the chains, we saw that big, uh, skeleton and I was thinking, you know, just maybe Easter egg, maybe that's a, uh, from the same dwarf species as E-Tree mm. that we met in Infinity War. So maybe he's on Nivedelier, like working out in the chaos left behind from Thanos. I've also seen people say that it's a watcher because like that does there is like a watcher skeleton at one point in a comic and it looks very aesthetically similar to that one. So I could also see that. Could be that. Could be that. Mm. It's probably that more. But, all right. <laughs> well, we got a couple more things we got to talk about. We are we spent a lot of time on that. So let's burn through these stories so we can get to moon. Oh boy, we got uh, uh, some Bruce Campbell's quotes. That's what we got first. Uh, Bruce Campbell, of course, is uh, known for working with Sam Raimi, who's directing um, Doctor Strange. Uh, Bruce Campbell popped up uh, in all the Spider-Mans that he did. Um, He was talking to Game Informer about uh, the Doctor Strange reshoots, and he said, the Marvel guys, they make eight of these movies at the same time, so they're always updating storylines. So, my buddy Sam has had to add scenes that they, Marvel, told him he had to shoot and he's removed scenes that no longer apply so until may rolls around i don't think benedict cumberbatch even knows if he's in this movie or not uh classic fun bruce uh response and 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 very candid um uh i i like that he's uh i don't know like listen these marvel they're juggling a lot of balls you guys (laughs) and they they got i i still don't quite understand how this movie was supposed to be before spider-man i don't like the logic of that is lost on me so um uh but i like that like i just want to see bruce in this movie so i'm waiting for that what do you guys think i want to live in the timeline where the movies released as they were originally planned (laughs) i will always stand by i love spider-man no way home i think the only thing that would have made it even better was if it was the fourth spider-man movie instead of the third one i want to see that first original spider-man movie and have no way home feel a little bit more earned that's i love no way home be careful (laughs) (laughs) but i do believe that there was a different way that made the plot feel a little bit less convenient for the sake of toby and andrew being available that i would have had even more payoff than what we got Yeah, Doctor Strange, I've heard quite a bit about that film that hasn't made its way out. And I don't ask these questions sometimes. I just hear stuff that I don't even want to hear. And I'm really hoping, like, I've also heard those reshoots were so significant that, like, a lot of stuff I heard might not even be true. Maybe it wasn't true in the first place. I don't, I'm not, like, claiming to know everything. But uh, I I do uh, think they probably added and removed quite a bit from that movie. And that, that makes me really excited. To, to go in there and maybe a kind of blind. Well, I feel I feel like the comments also shine a light on some of the other stuff too. Cause like if they're shooting all this stuff and like kind of taking ebb and flow from each other, like who knows what's happened to Wakanda forever? Who knows what's happened to Love and Thunder over this time? Like, you know, 
there's no telling what gets nipped and tucked and tucked like you know and like tossed aside so i don't know it's gonna mm-hmm. be a wild ride to release because we don't know what's coming well, that yeah. that hasn't changed <laughs> I just like Bruce Campbell basically saying it's a ship of Theseus situation of like <laughs> you just keep replacing parts of it until it no longer resembles the movie that originally came out. But yeah, I am very curious just how all the rooms and not rumors and reshoots and everything, what we ultimately get out of that. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, and then so pivoting over also to Dr. Strange related news. Um, there is a box office projection that came out that said it is projected for 170 million to 205 million in its opening weekend. Um, for comparison, Captain Marvel made 153 million, Iron Man 3 made 174 million, and then you just kind of keep getting further from there. Um, Black Panther made 202 million, so it could potentially outgross that. And then obviously Avengers 1 and Infinity War and Endgame did even more like end games up there at 357 million so um i definitely could see it being somewhere that is a very wide number of like almost 35 million of give or take so i feel like it could definitely fall in there there's always the chance it could like outgross that and be even more successful but either way we know this movie's gonna make banks so what do y'all think about that i actually want to see what no way home did opening weekend 260 million wow it wasn't it this like second highest opening weekend or of ever? Probably, yeah. Yeah, in a so, pandemic. Dude, people love Spider Man, James. Yeah, they do. Yeah. Yeah. I'm <laughs> one of those people. I forgot what I was gonna say. <laughs> 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 you were looking at you just were looking up how much money Spider-Man No Way Home made. Oh yeah. Um next. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean it could get there, especially with word of mouth stuff, especially if there's a lot of the stuff that you hear murmurs about. But I have done a great job of avoiding, so I don't know what we're talking about. But I'm sure that those rumors are out there, whatever they are, Tom Cruise or whatever else that you want to talk about. That's the weirdest rumor to me. <laughs> I'm not sure how that started. I don't I don't know the origins of that. But every time I hear it, I'm just like, my brain melts out of my eyeballs. But you guys know how I feel about Mission Impossible. So if Tom Cruise pops up, I'm not going to be mad about it. That's what, And that's the thing I find most interesting, because like, I'm pretty sure there's a lot of characters in this movie that aren't being marketed at all. And I respect that. I want that to be the case. But I'm also like, wow, what a bold play to have all these characters and actors and stuff in this film that you know can sell tickets and not and and choose to preserve the experience for fans. Hey, we appreciate it. We appreciate it. (laughs) Oh, man. Um, I, I... I, I it the the second week or third week trailers after everybody's gone to see this thing are going to be so bananas. You're not going to have been able to like forecast them like yeah. before the movie came out. You're like, what? This exists. Um, and for that reason, I don't think it's going to have a big drop. I don't think week one to week two is going to have a big drop because word of mouth is going to be if it's a good movie. Yeah, word of mouth is going to be crazy. I feel like we, we could have the so don't spoil the end game type thing again of like, hey, mm-hmm. please just go see it in theaters and don't ruin this for everybody else. Because I feel like, like you said, there are so many things that are not going to be in the marketing at all until like Aaron said, like two, three weeks in. And we get to see some of it soon. Not the whole movie. We don't get to see the whole movie. Aaron, what you got? All right, so we got Guy Pierce being down to return as Aldrich Killian uh, after his would-be demise in Iron Man Three. Spoiler alert for a movie is old enough to drive now. Um, <laughs> I'd be very much interested in uh, seeing him come back, and I think because of the nature of the character that he is, it is totally conceivable that he could come back. So yes, I would love to see what he's up to as well because he's somebody obviously as we saw in Iron Man 3, that went through a sort of rapid, vast change from the beginning of the story. So who knows where he's ended up? I mean, we've had other things from Iron Man 3 make a return within the last calendar year. Do you think we could see uh, Aldrich Killian come back with the extremist stuff? I'm really into this, personally. Uh, I don't know if this is a uh, controversial opinion, but Iron Man 3 is my favorite Iron Man movie. Uh, I just uh, revisited Memento for my other podcast, 
talking Moon Knight, and I was like, dang, I want to see more Guy. And then this quote happened, and I'm like, dang, the universe might have heard me. Um, <laughs> so, but I want to see him with, uh, since Iron Man 3 is like our only president movie, like, let's see a uh, guy with our new president, Jim Mulroney. Uh, I don't know what this situation is going to be, but I want to see it. Jamie just wants to explode in a theater. <laughs> <laughs> or on Disney Plus. It's like at this point, like Secret Invasion, Armor Wars. I feel like there's a lot of places that he could potentially pop up. I can't get over Aaron's hat. I, I know. <laughs> I know. Before Aldrich Killian, bringing Justin Hammer back. Yes. That's Please. My yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, 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 oh. Thousand You're right. All right. We're going to take a uh, quick little break here. When we come back, it's full spoilers for Moon Schneid episode for see you in like a minute ish. Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. Time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Welcome back to Phase Zero, Season 2, Episode 15. This is the Moon Knight spoiler section of the show. I'm BD. Jamie's here. Aaron's here. Jenna's here. And guess who else is here? Hello, everybody! Oh, mm, let's do some Moon Knight. Moon <laughs> uh, We're going to go around. Reactions to this first episode. I will let uh, our lovely special guest... <laughs> Our special guest who decided to come crash the show, Jim Biscardi. Uh, go ahead and tell us what you thought first here at the top of the screen. This is the week we've been waiting, waiting for. This is this is the week Marvel, no one does an episode four like a Marvel Studios Disney Plus show. And, uh, and I think like this is, this is the thing where when we saw it, uh, you know, with the screeners and whatnot, we didn't realize how big the Jeff Lemire stuff was going to be, right? And now that we are here, we are living in that book right now. And I think anyone who who wants it, like I don't think there's gonna be like direct one-to-one call-outs, although there is the one scene where uh Mark is talking to Arthur, who's now the doctor, uh, and then you know, then the, the goon Billy and Bobby are you know taking away. Like that is a scene that is taken right from that book, mm-hmm. you know, with some of the characters swapped out. But like it's it's a it's a thing that you know, we'll probably talk about it in a little bit. Like, it asks the question: Is this in his head? Is this not in his head? Is this a thing where, uh, you know, is it is it a red herring kind of thing? Like, what is going on? I love when a show does like makes you ask that question. Um, and so, like, but like also too, like the whole first three quarters of this episode was like uh, was um, oh crap, what the hell? What's that movie? The Descent. In the bones. Oh, Meets. That's what everybody's not talking about because of the ending, but the stuff with Layla <laughs> running from yeah. those like zombie things. Stuff? Yeah, that was great. Dude, those are creepy. Those are really creepy. And so, like, you get this like full on adventure movie, uh, like you know, ba- you know, it's basically a Tomb Raider movie, and then you get uh, all of this stuff at the end. Like this, I cannot wait. Like we've had to wait six weeks now to get to episode five. It's always episode four with the MCU shows. That's right. It's always episode four. Jamie, what do you think? 
oh man, this is the scariest thing Marvel's ever done. I think is that fair <laughs> to say? Like the, the first half of this episode, I, I could when she gets grabbed into that darkness, mm-hmm. I my jaw dropped to the floor. I was like, oh, I'm horrified. And I'm awesome. <laughs> this episode, I tweeted this, but there are a lot of Buffy vibes in this episode, and that is the highest compliment yeah. Jamie Jarrett can give any single <laughs> thing on this earth. Um, like. Uh, there's literally a whole episode of Buffy where is she in a mental hospital? Um, so uh, yeah, G- uh, man, I just want to. I want that hippo to be my best friend. I <laughs> want all the toys. I want a giant tattoo of her face. Um, just what a delight! I, I just to go from like this scary to weird was. Oh, this was just the energy of this episode was awesome. It was. I cannot wait to. Re- this is the first one that as soon as it ended, I was like, I need to rewatch this immediately. And that's uh, just exciting. the noises of yes. what the, the mummy doctor just slicing into the dude and ripping mm-hmm. the organs out. And, and they kind of showed some of it too. Like, yeah, just yeah. like the, the organ being yeah. dropped into the thing. Like, mm-hmm. whoa. Yeah. Uh, that was, I was surprised they went there. Aaron, what'd you think? Aaron, you're muted. Oh, Aaron's muted. <laughs> oh. There we go. Now I'm here. Uh, Steven lied to us about how it sounds when your organs are pulled out. Like, full <laughs> stop. it was not this. It was not that. Although I think that was the sound of me when she got pulled into the wall. Because I was like, what is going on? I, I, the entire press run for this show, they talked about Indiana Jones and other adventure stories. And I, you get a little bit of it early on. But this episode really, I'm like, oh, yeah, this is very dangerous. This is scary. I'll never look at a traffic flare again the same ever. Ever <laughs> she, you know what? She's the MV, she's a big MVP of this episode. Like she she's doing doing all kinds of stuff to the point where I'm like, I would like to see more of Layla and wherever Mark goes going forward because she's really bringing it. Like she was like down for between that and sta- stabbing the guy in the jugular last week. I'm like, yeah, I'm here. I'm I'm for it. So and then of course the ending, which completely, completely threw me off. I looked at the beverage I was drinking like <laughs> as it was happening because I was like, what? Like, wait, for real? And I'm like, oh, we just doing it. All right. Cool. I love the weird VHS effect stuff. Like, I love that crap so much as a person who loves material culture. So I'm so excited. But also there is an unease because I don't know what comes next now. We, we are through the looking glass. No, none of us have any clue. Welcome yeah, to my world. Yeah. <laughs> the aspect ratios. Like they did it all through WandaVision. Mandalorian did it in that, uh, I think, season two premiere mm-hmm. when that big crate dragon came out and the screen went IMAX mode. Mm-hmm. I really enjoy how they play with the aspect ratio, like <laughs> switching to square for VHS and stuff. Yep. Jenna, what'd you think? I agree with everything that everyone has said. Um, the like visceral confusion that I felt watching this the first time and when we fade to black and into the pinhole and then we go into the VHS tape was the like it was like I genuinely don't understand what's happening. And I feel like that is so rare in a Marvel thing these days. And so the way that they were able to pull this off, well, as everyone said, still having a very dynamic and very scary and very character driven first two thirds, three quarters of the episode is just so impressive to me. Like it is just the show now feels so comfortable in itself while also doing this massive twist at the same time. And it is this thing of, I have absolutely no idea where we're going from here. And I think that's kind of beautiful. Yeah. I think you all covered it pretty well. This was my favorite episode of the show so far. Uh, love the horror vibes, love the ending, biggest cliffhanger since Please Stand By was on our screen every Wednesday, or that wasn't Wednesdays, that was Fridays. Yep. Uh, yes. Yeah. Wow. Um, all right. Well, this is where Jim takes over. Everybody <laughs> buckle up, get comfortable, because Jim's about to explain how this is straight out of the Jeff Lemire comic, so pull up a seat. It's Look, we finally get... Not that we finally get. We've had teases to the Jake Lockley stuff. And I am convinced now more than ever that that shaking coffin is. I I, I tweeted earlier that when Jake shows up, it's going to be like Stone Cold Steve Austin walking through (laughs) that broken glass, right? Something is going to happen that Jake is going to be needed or or like like a third persona. Maybe a new one is going to bust out um, and, and like save the day in a way that. I don't think any of us saw coming, but like there are so many great Stephen Mark moments in this episode that like 
Steven getting punched by Mark and like falling into the hole, uh, you know, after, after they, he got the kiss from Layla is, <laughs> was, was perfect. Um, but I think there's, there are things that n- now that we're in the situation that we're in, right. Uh, if you take the Lemire run as, you know, it's inspiration, the Lemire run tells, you know, tells you in a sense that, uh, you know, or, pushes the theory that Moon Knight is all in uh, in Mark's head, right? Uh, inevitably realizing then like the true power of Kanchu and, and how that all how that all comes to work. What I think is probably going to happen next, and what I hope happens next, is basically we see we'll see a basically a condensed version of that story in that next episode. Because inevitably we're going to have to break out of that to get back to what I think. I think I think the White Room yeah, they're you know the hospital and all that obviously is I don't I don't think that is real. No, I don't think so. Yeah. And I, so I think what we're going to get is, you know, inevitably that breakout. Um, you know, we've got to, you know, we assume Conchu is, you know, gonna come back because there's those clips the that Marvel's already put out where it looks like Mark is coming back from the dead, getting the suit back on and things like that. And so I'm really excited to see what they do in episode uh five to see how they kind of condense all how Mark and Steven and hopefully Jake kind of all work together uh, to put Arthur back in his place. So like that, the, the speech with Arthur and Layla uh, and like that revelation was, was great. And it just goes to show just like we've said it before, Arthur Harrow is an unsettling MCU villain mm-hmm. uh, in a way that we have not, you know, that we haven't really seen. And that's, that's what makes whenever he shows up on screen and like whatever Ethan Hawke is doing with his voice in that moment, like just makes it like, Ethan Hawke's been killing it. It's been great. Yeah. I love it. So you think we're getting Jake Lockley before this is over? Well, I feel like we have to, like, I think that that's a thing where Jake seems to be the, or this mystery persona that we're assuming is Jake seems to be doing the things that, Mark and Steven won't do. And I think it, like, it's a, it, you know, the, the stuff on the, you know, the, that hilltop or that mountainside, right. Like where neither Mark or Jake, you know, killed all those bad guys. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, so I'm oh, sorry, Mark or Steven did that. Mm-hmm. So I think we're going to get the, like I said, they've been teasing it all along. If they don't give us that, like, I don't. Yeah. They usually like to save something for the finales with all my, these characters. My hope though, is that when we do get Jake, Jake's Moon Knight costume is the modern day Moon Knight costume. Black and white. Black, black and white with like the, the kind of armor pieces and whatever. Cool. That'd be cool. Jim, I have a question for you. Yes. Um, having not read these comics, uh, and, um, our new best friend, this hippo, uh, is this, is she important? Uh, as she I mean, she's it. important to me. But you know. <laughs> <laughs> Um, she, she's not huge in the, in, in the run, but I think it's where, again, I think this is where it plays a bit more to the law. I think the God stuff is what's playing into the larger MCU of it all, right? Like the, Mm -hmm. the, the fact that we're getting, you know, the Egyptian pantheon here and we know we're getting the Greek pantheon among others in Thor, um, they needed to introduce some more. Uh, to, you know, bring them to the table. And I think that's more what that is. I think she will inevitably, you know, kind of, I, I think she'll be an ally, uh, but, but there's not be. a lot there. She's more, I was looking it up this morning and she's more of, she's going to be more tuned into Egyptian culture and mythology and history that she's not a big part of Marvel comics. Right. So it's not a character you can go back to the comics and learn a ton about, but Tower is the uh, goddess of fertility and childbirth. So, hmm. Maybe Mark Spector and Stephen are expecting. Um, I do want to just have a Jake Lockley. I do want to dispel the. There's a theory going around that like this white room is like a multiverse, and I like that is the the craziest uh, theory I've heard what? about this. That basically like the, the Mark and Stephen that are in the hospital oh. are separate Mark and Stevens. Like it's not the individual personas uh, that like the, it is the this hospital is the multiverse insane asylum for wasn't it in, like, for the other in the comics it's in a different dimension yeah I mean, yes but like they're like these are like these are these are one in the same and I think it's made very clear in this episode that like 
they they are sharing memories here. They like they're just in that that one scene where he's like, "What's the last thing you remember?" And it's like getting shot by Arthur. And it's like, "Yes, okay, hmm. we're all here." The bullet that sent you to another universe. <laughs> uh, all right, but what else got anything they want to talk about from Moon Knight? I know it's easy for me and Jim to get carried away since we're sitting together. <laughs> right, Jenna, Aaron, anything you guys wanted to touch on? I do have to say, I, I commend the Marvel marketing team for putting out the character poster of the bingo card yesterday and just confusing everybody. Because like we knew if we had seen episode four already, but like the theories I saw of people trying to justify it in the episode, nobody was really on the on, like on to what it ended up being. And that was just great. So people trying to like go through the numbers and try to like associate them to like, just like one thing, one person associated them to like Bible verses and someone else is just trying to like, really like, it, like I love that stuff. And like, but the, the, the great thing now is we haven't seen episode five. And so when they drop that teaser poster for episode five, turn on those speculation engines. Cause we're ready to roll. It's our, fair game for us to comment. That's right. Yep. Yes. Are, are we worried about the Tauret? And when there's like a, a god butcher on the loose. Yeah, I did see the comments kind of worrying that she she could potentially that. Jamie is heartbroken right now. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, no. But I only just found her. I can't lose <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm worried for all of them. I, I don't think Tower Ed dies in Moon Knight. I think Tower Ed's gonna be a aid in the escape. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. It'll be interesting to see if we get uh, you know, get Amit. Right, like you know, I think we've uh, played by Tom Cruise. <laughs> <laughs> but like, but like, are we like you know we know what other gods exist uh, based off from the the council, and so I wonder, you know, are any do do they get involved? Because it, we're it feels like we're inevitably going to get to a moment. Look, Harrow has the statue thingy of Amit, and very clearly is looking like that we're going to get it. And so who else is going to step in or is it just going to be our crazy lovable bird God? And, uh, <laughs> There's so much in that scene in the, in the institution that like calls back to all of the other episodes. There's a conchu in the bird drawing, mm. Billy and Bobby, who are the people who crashed into his apartment, who are jackals in the comics. There's the goldfish. There's the cupcake. There's Crawley, there's Layla, Layla eating a marshmallow specifically, because apparently she loves marshmallows. (laughs) I respect it. Uh, Just there's so much stuff that is all from the three and a half episodes leading up to that, that just is called back on in this. So it seems to be a projection of their memories or manipulation of their mind, which is what it turns out to be in the book. So spoiler alert, the comics laid this out for you. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, anything else we want to talk about on Moon Knight episode four today? Any questions in the comments section or anything like that before we wrap up? Phase I would just like to say that it was really nice of Steven to tell Layla the truth before he stole that little kiss. Uh, <laughs> I respect that greatly. But based on Layla's face, I don't think Steven's as good of a kisser as Mark. Uh, to be determined, this is really my number one priority of this show, uh, is this weird love triangle. So uh, I had to bring it up. I love it. I do have to say, because I was just thinking about this in real time, I hope that they release more of the footage of the VHS, like Stephen Grant movie, because that was really cool. But now part of me is like, I hope that I'm not accidentally manifesting that that is the like post credit scene of the finale. Like, I I don't want it to be the Hawkeye thing again, where we just have it be this like fun little thing that has no real bearing on canon. Do you want to see that? Like, they just put out as a one shot. I would be very happy because the production value on that went way too hard. And I loved it. Janet, Janet, you're so brave for complaining about the Hawkeye scene in front of Jamie. <laughs> oh, I know. I just, I just, right had, to, I just had to say it. Listen, give me the end of the end of this is more of that VHS. I'm going to be thrilled. <laughs> uh, yeah, putting it on record right here now. Now I want to see Gore. I want to see Doctor Strange. I want to see something. Yes. At the end, it's just the Sphinx getting up and taking off and nothing else being said about it. That's it. That's what everybody the wants. It's the post credits in episode six is just going to be the goldfish. Yes. That's the whole thing. It's going to be the hippo singing about the goldfish. Oh, no. Also, did we ever, <laughs> if this is something that was explained, but did we ever find out why the goldfish had one fin and then had two fins? We just assumed it died. And, yeah. and then Mark replaced it. So that Steve wouldn't know. Right. Yeah. 
Mark has basically just been replacing a goldfish. I think it was Mephisto. <laughs> <laughs> no, there, there is one. There is one thing that we haven't really talked about because it came up in between, uh, you know, episode three and four. But there is a possible Kang connection. Uh, oh, yeah. That's that uh, you know, there's a, a Kang that or Ramatut Ramatut that shows up on the back of. Um, uh, you know, the, one of the guy's backpacks. And the big question now is, I know Steven is like, oh my gosh, this may be Alexander the Great. Probably maybe a Ramatut. Maybe. That could be our Ken connection. I mean, uh, that stuff is, puts a pretzel in my head because <laughs> like thinking about the time travel rules from Endgame, they were not perfect. And now thinking about Kang, is it like lost? Like where? If they go back in time and do this, it already happened for the present. Is it a new timeline? Because it seemed to imply that they're creating new timelines when they do that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I to say, as someone who has read many a comic that deals with time travel, I, I would not be surprised if the next time we deal with it and we really get to Kang, the, the rules and the parameters are going to be completely different. Because it'll be whatever serves the story and not necessarily oh, what yeah. is established in any game. And we're going to make so many videos about it. We're yep. going to talk all about it. And we're <laughs> yep. going to look like Jamie does right now. <laughs> months at a time. Months at a time. Yep. Uh, but all right. I think that's uh, I think that's today's phase zero. Big round of applause for Jailbreak Biscardi. Jamie, any last words for today's show? Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, follow me on uh, the old Jamie Cinematics on Twitter and Letterboxd. Uh, check out my other podcast, Hollywood Already Did It. We're pairing Moon Knight episodes with uh, duality movies. We've done Memento, Fight Club, and The One I Love. Uh, if you want to hear my very strong opinions about Fight Club, <laughs> check it out. Aaron, what you got to say goodbye? Uh, I'm at Samalik Hornet on Twitter. I'm sorry. I'm not going to dust like last week. I'm back out here. Um, <laughs> and also, I have no idea what comes next. It's exciting. It's exciting to be on the same page as Jamie and to react with you guys this week. Oh, that's right. This was... Uh... Jamie never watched these. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what you got? Um, just follow me on Twitter at Hey, it's Jenna Lynn. I agree with what Aaron said. It's going to be so much fun these last few weeks, just seeing whatever craziness is in store and I'm um, go read some comics. There are very great comics out this week. Catwoman Lonely City in particular was a masterpiece. I highly recommend checking out that book. Nice. Jim, last words. I'm just going to be on moon, uh, on Twitter campaigning for a midnight suns something. So all right. you can find all me right. there. All right. That's phase zero season two, episode 15. Love you all very much. See you next Wednesday.